Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. You know, ladies and gentlemen, totalitarianism, right? It never happens overnight. It just doesn't. If you look at history, people who've been impacted by the murderous fascist and communist regimes throughout history, it hasn't just happened like that with one fell swoop. It's happened in a creeping manner, creeping totalitarianism. And it happens because of assistance by media propagandists and by a population, many of whom acquiesce to it because they don't see it coming. Well, I'm going to warn you today, again, for the umpteenth thousandth time, I'm going to show you four headlines that should scare the daylights out of you. They're all tied together. I've got that. I've got some the COVID misinformation campaign by the left continues to. I'm sure the YouTube communists who contribute to the propaganda effort and fake book as well will try to stop us. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Ladies and gentlemen, protect your online activity from those prying eyeballs. Get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Let's get right to it. I've got that. Also, a Ron DeSantis strikes again segment going to love Ron and also some big announcements. I'm hoping one of them breaks during the show. I'm waiting for it eagerly right now on my phone. If you see me tapping my phone during the show, today's show brought to you by Blue Blocks. Listen, if you're a listener to my show, you know, I have, I'm a terrible sleeper. I just am. One of the reasons I found that is my eyeballs were getting too much blue light from all the devices I'm on late at night. So when this sponsor came in, they said, Hey, we got these blue blocks, sleep plus blue light blocking glasses. I said, send those babies over. Here they are. This is mine. If you ever watch me on Fox before I'm on the air and you can get access to their feed, I wear them before I go on the air because it's lights in my face at night and I can't sleep. My sleep has improved dramatically since I started wearing them. Blue Blocks offers three options. Blue light computer glasses and the summer glow blue light glasses to wear during the day when working with screens or under artificial light. My favorite, I just showed you the Sleep Plus glasses. I wear them two, three hours before I go to bed. Helps create more sleep hormones to aid with better sleep. They work. Simply work. They're made in optics laboratories in Australia. They're not mass produced in factories in Asia. They have stylish frames with science-backed technology tested to ensure they work, unlike other blue light glasses companies. Don't settle for cheap pairs. They won't work. These are worth the money. Since wearing these glasses, my Sun, my Sun Plus blue light glasses, my sleep is incredible. I'm sleeping longer, deeper, and I'm more refreshed. They come in non-prescription, prescription and reading options, fine glasses for every need. Blue light helps uh, uh, helps with digital eye strain. Summer Glow for helping with low mood and migraines and Sleep Plus for your sleep. Blue Blocks also has other amazing products such as low blue light bulbs, red light therapy devices, and 100% blackout sleep masks all backed by science. Blue Block ships worldwide in rapid time. They have easy returns and exchanges. Here's how you get them. Go to Blue Blocks. B-L-U-B-L-O-X dot com slash Bongino. Use coupon code Bongino to save 15%. That's blueblocks.com, blueblocks.com slash Bongino and use coupon code Bongino to, to save 15%. Thanks, Blue Blocks. Those things work. All right, Joe, let's go. Yeah, we go. There was a little worry yesterday that uh, we may have missed the bell. We didn't. That was not on you, Joe. There was some concern after the show. Did we miss the bell or not? You know what? I got to start turning down the ace. I keep forgetting to turn down the AC in the show. It gets hot in here. My studio with all these lights, folks, it's like an oven. And then by the end of the show, I'm in like a full goat sweat. All right, some quick announcements and one I'm waiting for. It is not in yet, which is very upsetting and I'm not happy about, um, but it will be soon. So first I will be announcing my first books for my publishing partnership. Partnerships, uh, we are going to be putting out books now at uh, Dan Bongino Enterprises here, whatever you want to call it. Uh, because, you know, the left decided burning books was a good thing. We decided it wasn't. 
So I do. I don't just talk. So we'll be putting out. I'll be announcing um, our first three uh, and maybe four authors very soon. I think you're going to like these books. Also, I want to welcome on some new stations to my radio show starting May 24th. Whoa, whoa. And 95.3 MNC in Indiana and Michigan over there. KBC in LA, WMAL in DC. WBAP in Dallas, and we got a whole lot more we'll be talking about. Really excited show launches in a couple of weeks. All right, folks, one more announcement, hopefully at the end of the show, still waiting. Let me get to this COVID misinformation campaign because I'm infuriated by it and it continues by the left. And you have to ask yourself the question, is big tech in on this? Why is the left, the swamp, candidly, some on the right, and the big tech misinformation machine so invested in creating fear with you with COVID. Creating, continuing, feeding and fertilizing a fear regime. Why? Why are they doing this? Well, when you think about it, with, through a sober lens, it makes a whole bunch of sense. Big tech is dominated by liberals. Big tech is fully invested in big government and the liberals who run big government. Liberals who run big government all have the same thing they want with big tech, which is what? Bigger government. Now, folks, the only way to get bigger government is to scare people into believing that government is the answer to their problems. Why else would you support big government? Think about it, right? Why else would you forfeit your individual sovereignty? Because big individuals and big government can't exist at the same time. I can't say this enough. Freedom is a zero-sum game. Whether it's the freedom to spend your own money, the freedom to practice your religion, the freedom to assemble in public, the freedom to walk out in public, the freedom to worship, whatever it may be, you can't have big individual freedoms and big government at the same time. Either you have big freedom for individuals and small government, or you have big government and small individuals and small freedom. If you don't get that and you're a liberal out there, then that explains why you're a liberal because you probably have a double digit IQ but you need to get it right quick because it's going to tie into my totalitarianism section coming up at the end. But it explains why all of these people are invested fully in a fear agenda because they can't get you to forfeit your civil liberties without scaring you into doing it. What do I mean? Folks, I'm sure the communists at YouTube, I'm absolutely positive. Joe, do you have the Soviet national anthem? Do you have that ready yeah, to roll? Dan, uh, let me dig can, that out Can you cue you. that up for us, please? You know, we're talking about fake book. And the uh, communists at YouTube, so it's only appropriate for the Soviet national. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Every time we talk about the communists, yeah, thank you, Joe. The communists at YouTube and the communists at Facebook, we, of course, have to include this. But it relates to this story at the New York Post. So... The CDC, you know, part of the government swamp these days, I'm sure there's some decent people over there, but unfortunately the leadership over there seems entirely politicized, is grossly, appears to be grossly misleading the American public to exaggerate the transmission rate of the coronavirus outdoors. Here it is, New York Post, Case Sheehy. This story will be in my newsletter. Please read it today, bongino.com slash newsletters, how you get it. Headline, CDC grossly exaggerating outdoor transmission rate, COVID-19 experts say. Watch the word games they play here, the CDC, to make you believe. Oh, by the way, I'm sure this will be banned by the YouTube communists and fake book. I'm positive. I don't care at all. We're going to promote information while they promote misinformation because they're communists. I get it. But watch what they're doing here. They're saying to the public, the CDC, hey, listen, 
You know, the outdoor transmission rate, you have a less than 10% chance of catching it outdoors. Less than 10% chance. That's kind of odd, folks. The New York Post says in their, the people they interviewed who are actual experts on this, they say, quote, saying that there's a less than 10% chance of COVID transmission outdoors is akin to saying that sharks attack fewer than 20,000 swimmers a year. The actual number of shark attacks is around 150. It's true, but it's deceiving. The New York Times wrote where they interviewed, this is the New York Times, the Post is covering what the New York Times said. At issue is the research cited by the uh, CDC in touting its outdoor transmission statistic, which puts the actual figure at a murky and allegedly too high, less than 10%. You see what they're doing here? They're saying less than 10%, giving you the highest number possible based on this upper bound to scare you to think you have a basically one in 10 chance of catching coronavirus and outdoor transmission to scare the hell out of you because they're invested in fear because they want a bigger government. Well, what's the problem with this, ladies and gentlemen? That's not the actual chance, probably closer to 1% or less. Yeah, technically, that's true. That's less than 10. Well, what did they base this on? From the New York Post, the CDC based this outdoor transmission figure on research largely pulled from cases at a construction site in Singapore, the New York Times said. Yet, a representative with the country's Ministry of Health said, we didn't classify the transmission of such cases according to outdoors or indoors. It could have been workplace transmission where it happens outdoors at the site, or it could have happened indoors, the Singapore government spokesman told the Times. I thought we were doing science, folks. I thought we were doing science-y stuff. Science, you know the left? Facts matter. The fact checkers on the left, why are they not fact checking this? So the CDC is saying your chances are oh, less than 10%. When in reality, it's probably close to 1% or less and they're using the upper bound to scare you. They're basing it on a study out of Singapore, which says nothing of the sort. Which says, hey, we don't know if it happened indoors or outdoors at the construction site. And you wonder why faith in government, the FBI, the DOJ, and all of these once venerated institutions, not venerated uh, by me, but venerated by others, these once venerated institutions now have the credibility of, uh, of you know, a three-card Monty player in Times Square, 1980s New York. Now, again, I know the communists at Fakebook and the communists at YouTube will ban this stuff. Keep in mind, nothing I just said is false. Nothing I just said is false. That's the Singapore Ministry of Health talking about their own study that the CDC is basing their number on. You saw the quote yourself. Fake book will ban this and so will YouTube because they're communists and they're totally invested in fear so that you forfeit your big R God-given rights away to a government that doesn't know squat about your life. And it'll stomp out your freedoms, like put their thumb on them in a heartbeat. We have an article at Bongino.com. Again, it'll be in my newsletter today. Please read it by Matt Palumbo. The fake book fact checkers are at it again. What does that have to do with this story? Remember, we're talking about why big tech and big government are invested in scaring the hell out of you with the coronavirus because they need you scared to give away your civil liberties. They're lying to you. So we got a, a fact check. You can see up on the screen here 
on my our fake book page, I see this notification. You've been fact-checked by independent, <laughs> independent fact-checkers. That's hilarious. About an article we posted about COVID-19 and this exact topic, lockdowns, outdoor transmission, and other stuff. And I'm like, that's strange. You can see it on the screen here. Because we didn't write an article about that at Bongino.com. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what we were fact-checked for? Uh, there's a screenshot of Facebook's notification to us. They said, your information is partly false. I'm like, what information? So as it scrolls down, you'll realize here, we weren't actually getting fact-checked. What set off the, quote, fact-checkers at Fakebook was a New York Post opinion article we put in the show notes. <laughs> They're not even fact-checking our content anymore. They're fact-checking the show notes, the newsletter. They're fact-checking our newsletter. This is because, and I've heard this on good authority, an insider at Fakebook has informed someone close to me that they watch and monitor my page and they look for any little thing. You realize why I talked about this now yesterday? They look for commas in the wrong place, whatever it may be. As it, This is why, oh, Dan, your Facebook page does really well. It does well despite Facebook's best efforts to stop me at all costs because they're communists and they don't like that we tell the truth. They hate the truth. Facebook is fully invested in misinformation, fully invested in promoting misinformation to you. Fake book. They're fact-checking my show notes now. They are terrified by my page because it's, on any given day, the number one or two page in, in, in the country. They are fully invested in stopping me. It's me versus fake book. I like those odds. So again, I know fake book in the communists at YouTube you know, they get up every morning with the Soviet national anthem. They pop to attention, clip their heels together, put their big uh, old Soviet Union hats on, hammer and sickle and everything. Uh, see, they don't want data out there. You know, the data that the Singapore study, the CDC citing is not exactly what the Singapore study said. That's just the fact. The Singapore Ministry of Health said that's not what we said. But fake book is invested in fear. So is uh, YouTube. But what about this? University of Chicago study, the Wall Street Journal uh, uh, covered the other day. I've been eager to get to this about the lockdowns and the effectiveness of lockdowns. Again, fake book will block this because it doesn't fit their narrative. So here's a Wall Street Journal opinion piece. This must be stopped, ladies and gentlemen. Fake book, get on it. Get on it, fake book. Get your friend uh, with a Nikolai Volkov. Remember Nikolai Volkov from the WWF? I don't even know if he was Russian, by the way. I don't, I'm sure that's not his real name. Get, or, or even better, get your buddy, uh, get, who are the other guy of WWF? I can't, a <laughs> guy in my head. Every, here's an article, Wall Street Journal. Lockdowns didn't stop COVID. Got to stop this. Got to stop this. Get your Soviet partners out there. Headline, lockdowns didn't stop COVID. You can't publish Wall Street Journal headlines and say that, Dan. Yeah, I do it anyway. I don't give a damn. Not one bit. It's a fascinating study by University of Chicago, brilliant man, Casey Mulligan. He has a study out called The Backward Art of Slowing the Spread, where he tried to determine, you know, did these lockdowns help or was it safer at work or safer at home? Mulligan used empirical data to test the presumption that the workplace was less safe than the home. Liberals, Facebook, YouTube, this is called research. Research, facts. So what did Casey Mulligan come up with from the University of Chicago? 
He says, you know, listen, absent costly prevention measures, larger groups naturally have more infections per member. Sounds reasonable. You don't do anything to prevent it. You gather in a large group. Yes, you probably have a larger chance of getting infected by coronavirus. Pretty, pretty sound science sounds right. But yet, as Casey Mulligan notes, people join firms in part because they value the group's management of local externalities and public goods. That's an economist's way of saying that the human capital of a company is tied to its capacity to protect employees and serve customers. Let me translate that for you. When Casey Mulligan determined if it was safer to be at home or at work, he found out that, fake book, get ready, data, numbers. I know this is going to freak you out, but here we go. It's four to five times, according to Casey Mulligan, less safe outside the workplace because larger firms with larger amounts of people invested in safety measures to prevent the dispersion, excuse me, and, and uh, infection rates inside their workplaces. Again, I, I, I know that study bothers you because you, you, you know, you woke up. The, I know this morning you woke up and saluted your Soviet masters. I know actual research from a respected University of Chicago economist that does not fit your narrative will be banned immediately because your Soviet masters told you. But maybe try doing some homework once in a while and taking your blinders off. You dispute what he has to say? Challenge it. Fund your own Soviet research, fake book, and show us how Casey Mulligan's assertion that you were four to five times less safe outside your workplace. Show us how it's wrong. You can't. Because you're communist, and that's what fake book. Yeah, here you go. Yeah, one more time. Yeah. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. Wait, we just, Joe, can you do me a favor today? Can you cut just the beginning? We need just the beginning sometimes too, because the audience now has heard the, and it is, you know, just, we need that beginning once in a while too. I will call for just the beginning sometimes too, just so they know. Sure. And every time I reference screw tube and fake book, we really should start that. All right. <laughs> I got more coming up on this. Um, Dr. Fauci getting caught in what seems like a, uh, let's be generous and call it a misstatement here. Yet again, Rand Paul going after it yesterday. Uh, my second sponsor today, our friends at Omax. Listen, if you're obsessed with cryo-free CBD, this roll-on uh, like I am, it helps me get through my life with these horrible joints. It's been really popular. People love it. It helps relieve joint pain. You're going to love cryo-free CBD advanced joint defense. Great product here. Cryo-free advanced joint defense is a must for me. It's a one-a-day supplement containing hemp-derived CBD. Helps me with my awful joints. The breakthrough formula can reduce temporary occasional aches and pains from sore muscles, joint overuse, and aging. If you want to stay super active, it's a must for muscle recovery while improving flexibility for long-term joint health. Here's the best part. The CBD-powered supplement contains absolutely no THC, and our friends at Omax make sure it's third-party tested. So you get 100% premium quality you can trust. I got to trust it here. I love it because it works. Omax is offering my listeners a limited time offer of 50% off their first purchase of Omax cryo-free supplements. Just go to Omax, O-M-A-X-Health.com today. That's OmaxHealth.com and enter code Bongino50. That's Bongino50 to take advantage of this incredible savings. So if you're looking to relieve your mild occasional muscle and joint discomfort in as little as seven days, you're looking for a powerful solution that's tested and works, try Omax Cryo-Freeze Advanced Joint Defense. Remember, go to OmaxHealth.com today, enter code Bongino50, take advantage of the incredible savings. Don't let muscle soreness get in the way of a great life. Go to OmaxHealth.com and feel relief faster. These products and statements have not been evaluated by the FDA and not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or illness. 
Check out this roll-on too. Paula uses it for her neck. I use it for my shoulders. It's like ice. Good stuff. <laughs> Love it. All right, getting back to the show. Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci telling the truth. Are we allowed to ask that question? I'm not sure. Again, I'm sure fake book and YouTube will get away. Dr. Fauci, whatever Dr. Fauci says, you must, you must believe. Yeah, but what if what he says doesn't comport with reality? Doesn't matter. Fauci said it. He is our Messiah. He is a golden cap. We gotta, we have to chant when we worship Fauci, according to fake book and YouTube. You have to say like, ah, when Fauci speaks, we have to chant. I, I always forget. Remember Raiders of the Lost Ark when they're in the middle of the desert digging and they're chanting, looking up, uh, looking for the ark, and they have that chant. I always forget what the chant is, but it's uh, whenever Fauci speaks, we're supposed to worship his every word. So is Fauci telling the truth or is he hiding something? So Dr. Fauci was asked yesterday at a hearing by Dr. Rand Paul. Kind of a health expert too. No, really smart guys. He allowed to ask, we allowed to ask questions anymore. Is that okay? He was asking Dr. Fauci about gain of function research. Now I self-praise stinks. I recognize that. But if you'll allow me, please, for a moment, sorry, even though it stinks. We've been covering gain of function on this show for probably about a year now from the beginning. Gain of function, meaning human engineering viruses to be more powerful and infect human beings, gaining their function. Very bad idea, folks. There have been a lot of movies about that stuff. They probably should have watched some of those movies before we thought doing any gain-of-function research to make viruses more powerful before we actually gave money to that. So Rand Paul asked Dr. Fauci a question that said, Hey, um, Daddy-o, uh, we can't call him that. The communists at YouTube be very upset. Hey, buddy, um, are we sponsoring, whether through proxies or others, giving taxpayer money to support dangerous gain-of-function research on viruses? Are we doing any of that? And watch Fauci and the little word game he plays here. This is fascinating. And on the other side of this, I'm going to show you, you know, again, for uh, YouTube and Facebook, actual evidence. I know evidence bothers you. That Fauci may not be telling you the whole story. Check this out. Dr. Fauci, do you still support funding of the NIH funding of the lab in Wuhan? Senator Paul, with all due respect, you are entire, entirely and completely incorrect that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute Do they fund Dr. Barrick? Sorry, I was still looking for this uh, thing. I'm waiting for this announcement to come over. I'm like so desperate for it to happen. Do you hear him? Do you notice the little word games he plays there? No, we don't fund any gain-of-function experiments. And Rand Paul says, well, did you fund Bob Barrick, who... Uh, is a guy apparently involved in this type of experimentation. So is Fauci telling the truth? Or do we just have to blindly worship Fauci all the time and just accept? He said, hey, government, U.S. government has really nothing to do with that. Well, hot tip Cheryl Atkinson and Sean Davis from The Federalist. Cheryl Atkinson uh, is an independent journalist out there who dug up this little gem. This is from the National Center for Biotechnology Information. Um, I have put the link to this, by the way, for the liberals listening who need government links to, you know, because that's their messiahs in government. It's the first link in my newsletter today to USA Spending, a site that documents official USA Spending. In other words, your taxpayer dollars for the liberals listening. And this is really strange because as Cheryl points out and Sean, this shows a 2015 National Institutes of Health, National Center for Biotechnology Information, 
grant where it seems like they were funding gain-of-function research. You want me to read it to you? Here, it mentions the studies here, mentions the grant. It says these studies were initiated before the U.S. government deliberative process research funding pause on selected gain-of-function research involving influenza, MERS, and SARS viruses. Am I, is there something I'm missing here? So again, I, I don't know Dr. Fauci. I have no personal gripe with Dr. Fauci, but I'd really appreciate some candor here considering we're dealing with a global pandemic that's killed quite a few people. Is this virus or any component of it human engineered or not? Ladies and gentlemen, do you think that's an important question? I'd argue to you in the list of important questions of our time, what's today's date? Today's date is Wednesday, May 12th. I'd argue that this is a top tenor, right? Top tenor? Is the coronavirus we're dealing with now or any component of it human engineered and a result of deadly gain-of-function research that we may have supported either by proxy or directly, I think that's an important question. And someone should really answer. And ladies and gentlemen, please, unlike Facebook and YouTube, I actually dare you to go to the links and check the information yourself. Unlike Facebook and YouTube, which use scam fact-checker sites to silence opposition, anti-propaganda voices like me, I encourage you to go to USA Spending the link and look this stuff up yourself. Did we fund gain-of-function research or not? Because that seems to be a funding of gain-of-function research. If this didn't happen, by the way, and there was no, and Fauci has nothing to worry about, then why this story in the Wall Street Journal from last week? Been holding on to this one for a while, too. Yesterday was a busy show with the exposing of Susan Hennessy. I didn't have a lot of time for news, so I had to get back to this. Here's a Wall Street Journal opinion piece by James Freeman, who always does good work. China, Fauci, and the orange of, uh, origins of COVID. Did the virus come from a Chinese lab funded by the celebrated doctor's U.S. government institute? Fair question, right? Not for communists who want to cover for the government at all costs. The article's about a guy named Nicholas Wade, who, by the way, used to write for the New York Times, noted right-wing advocate paper, the New York Times. Of course, I'm joking badly, I might add. Nicholas Wade, who wrote for the, he was, I think, the one of the science editors at the New York Times. So Nicholas Wade writes in one of his piece about a key Chinese researcher whose work receives support from Dr. Fauci's institute via a U.S. group called the EcoHealth Alliance. Talks about this alliance with Xi Zhang Li or the Bat Lady, who did research in China on bat coronaviruses. Apparently, they say they say uh, it's clear that the Wuhan Institute of Virology was systematically constructing novel chimeric coronaviruses and was assessing their ability, assessing their ability to infect human cells and human ACE2 expressing mice. It's according to Richard Albright, a researcher. So again, if, if if this was a naturally occurring virus that evolved, then why are all these people, Nicholas Wade, 
these grants, the Bat Lady and others, why are all these things coming together at the same time? And are we not allowed to ask these questions? Of course we're not. We live in a communist, uh, amongst a communist big tech regime that's trying to shut us all down because they're afraid of the answer. All right, moving on to better news. Ron DeSantis strikes again. Guy, please cue the element. Guy worked on this. I love it. Just cue our element, please. All right, he's going to... You like it? We love Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida. I live in Florida. This guy's fantastic. Um, He is a busting conservative uh, who just doesn't really give zero hits, if you know what I mean, about what liberal media lunatics actually say. Here's a video of Ron DeSantis yesterday while we're on this topic of coronavirus, who, again, I know we're not allowed to ask questions and God forbid we put this stuff out. But he's like, hey, you know, what's this whole thing with the kids and the masks and stuff, you know, inside of schools and everything like that? So here's Ron DeSantis and listen to the applause at the end. Check this out. These kids do not need to be wearing these masks. Okay, I'm sorry, they don't. We need to be able to let them be kids and let them act normally. And that's what should be the case in the fall throughout the school year. I should pretend I got caught again looking for the thing. Like, oh, what just happened? Well, while we're at it, we should check. I'm probably driving you nuts with this thing. I'm sorry. But I really want to tell you what's going on. You think I'm excited or what? Hold on. Let me check this one. Not yet. It's getting close, though. This better be a big announcement or you all are going to be really annoyed at me. I love DeSantis. He just doesn't care about the nonsense. He cares about reality and the real world we all live in, where, you know, large majorities of the people are starting to ask real questions. I hope we see more of him in the future. He has to run for re-election. That's coming up soon, by the way. So everyone in Florida, make sure we, you know, we get on board there. All right, moving on. Folks, do liberals ever tell the truth ever? Um, It's a serious question. You know, I love exposing them and I usually use their own words to do it because it's so easy. Because they say one thing and then they say another thing. Remember that segment I played? Which I got to tell you, I'm stunned didn't do better. Because I enjoyed it, but sometimes I enjoy stuff. The audience is like, eh, that's some little milk toast on it. We did that Biden versus Biden debate. I love that. I thought it was the greatest thing ever. Showing you how Joe Biden debates himself. How he says one thing one day, the exact opposite thing the next day, and the media doesn't care. Whatever he says, they say is right. Joe Biden says water is wet. Media says, we love Joe Biden. Joe Biden says water is dry. The media says, we love Joe Biden even more. Well, here's a perfect one. Again, do liberals ever tell the truth? And will the communist media ever hold liberals like Joe Biden and his administration to what they just said? Here, New York Times. Again, notice we're using liberal, uh, some liberal outlets here just to show you these stories are factually true according to the liberals' own you know, New York Times gray lady gods. Biden cancels Keystone XL pipeline and rejoins Paris Climate Agreement. Why would Joe Biden cancel the Keystone pipeline and 11,000 jobs with it? Quality, high quality, high paying, great U.S. jobs. Why would Joe Biden do that? Well, because Joe Biden is an administration that holds gas pipelines are bad. All right, Dan, well, they didn't say that exactly. Do, Do they need to? Why else would you cancel a pipeline that supports U.S. energy independence, low gas prices, and 11,000 high-quality jobs? Why else? Well, the answer is because you believe they're bad, because you're a climate alarmist and you think the world's going to melt down tomorrow. 
So leftist lunatics told you no more gas, no more oil, cancel the pipeline. And Joe Biden, who's too stupid to understand what's going on right now, is like, yeah, let's do that. Okay, so here's Joe Biden. Pipelines are bad. Again, do liberals ever, ever tell the truth? Of course not. Here's Joe Biden's energy secretary, Jennifer Granholm, yesterday telling us that, quote, quote, liberals, that means she said this. I'm underlining it. Why? I don't know. It's my notes. Here's Biden's uh, energy secretary telling us, quote, pipelines are best. Check this out. These are not easy solutions because um, there may or may not be the right uh, rail cars. There may not or may not be the deep water ports available for the Jones Act to be able to respond. So this particular area of the country there, this is why we have um, doubled down on ensuring that there's an ability to truck uh, oil in, gas in. But it's, it's, uh, the pipe is the best way to go. <laughs> Again, folks, I'm just using their own words. I'm just using their own words. It's not, it's not a quote of me. Hey, listen to me yesterday telling you pipelines. Pipelines, pipelines are great. They're terrific. You know why? They keep thousands of trucks transporting gas and fuel off the roads, which can be dangerous. They get in accidents. I thought they were, you know, spewing CO2 into the atmosphere, all these trucks. I thought that's what the left says. CO2 is going to kill us tomorrow. So why wouldn't you want these trucks off the road and the gas in the pipeline? Because the left are lunatics. They know, like Jennifer Granholm and the Biden administration, they know that pipelines are the best. She just said it. They know this behind the scenes. So why are they trying to get rid of pipelines? Because they're communists and they're paid off by climate groups and radical leftist lunatics who know nothing about science, who just want to get rid of fossil fuels altogether and have us sent back to the Stone Ages, even though they know what they're doing is destructive, meaning they're sociopath nihilists. She just said they know pipelines are best. So I think this is Peter Ducey, hat tip Peter Ducey from Fox News. First, we had pipelines are bad. Biden cancels Keystone. Then we have pipelines are best. Biden administration. Now we have pipelines are no good again. Here's Peter Ducey, I believe, from Fox asking Jen Psaki, circa, circle backer, ain't no circle backer, circle backer, old Jen Psaki, saying now, Peter Ducey's like, hey, um, since we're having this problem, right, this major gas shortage in the southeast, gas prices, gas lines everywhere because of a cyber attack on a colonial pipeline. Um, and, you know, you guys just said pipelines are good. Is Biden going to consider his attack on pipelines, reconsider his attack on pipelines like the Keystone? Watch the word salad. Jen Psaki comes out to now go back to pipelines are bad again. Check this out. Is the White House rethinking their opposition to new pipeline projects since one really important one goes offline and gas stations start running dry? I wouldn't say we look at it as it, through that prism, Peter. We look at it, we analyze uh, both the impact, the economic impact, as well as the environmental impact. And that will certainly remain the case. But we look at different, each pipeline project uh, individual. Uh, uh, why? You just said, your administration just said pipelines are best. We have a, folks, if you missed the story and you don't live in the Southeast, it was a major infrastructure tech attack that went on on a pipeline, a major pipeline that delivers gas throughout the Southeast, the Southern portion of the United States. There are gas lines here in the South. The Biden administration is collapsing right now. You have a massive attack going on in Israel, rockets raining down over the country in major population centers by terrorist groups. 
You have gas lines around the United States, exploding gas prices. I'm going to cover tomorrow. You have massive inflation, 4.2% headline rate just popped today. You have huge number of job openings because people are being paid not to work. The country is melting down right now. And the Biden administration is focused on, uh, I mean, identity politics, sick leftist nonsense attacks and getting rid of pipelines that create 11,000 U.S. jobs. This is the sixth state of our country right now. It's very frustrating. All right. The other side is break. Uh, quick update on H.R. 1, the election destruction bill the Democrats are sponsoring. And then I've got the government tyranny alert you're not going to want to miss. These four headlines are really disturbing. Folks, if you've been listening to my show for a while, you heard me talk about my Helix mattress. It's terrific. I have the Midnight Lux. Helix has gone beyond the bedroom and they started making sofas. They launched a new company called Allform and they're making premium customizable sofas and chairs shipped right to your door. So what makes the Allform sofa really cool? For starters, it's the easiest way to customize a sofa using premium materials at a fraction of the cost of traditional stores. Pick your fabric and get it spill, stain, and scratch resistant. Pick the sofa color, the color of the legs, sofa size, and the shape to make sure it's perfect for you and your home. They've got armchairs, love seats, all the way up to an eight-seat sectional, so something for everyone. You can always start small and buy more later. If you want to add on to your all-form sofa, they can grow and let it grow and change with you. All-form sofas are delivered directly to your door, fast, free shipping. They have simple, quick assembly. Paula put ours together. It's in Isabel's room now. The one we picked out for our daughter is beautiful. She loves it. All-form offers 100 days to decide if you want to keep uh, keep your sofa. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up for free and give you a full uh for a full refund. They have a forever warranty. That means literally forever. That's how confident they are in their product. To find these beautiful sofas, one that's perfect for you, check out allform, A-L-L-F-O-R-M.com slash Dan. Allform.com slash Dan. Allform's offering 20% off all orders for our listeners at allform.com slash Dan. Go today. Beautiful sofas. Check them out. My daughter loves hers. All right, folks, a quick update on um, House Bill 1, House Resolution 1. Uh, this is the Democrats' election destruction bill, which is in real trouble right now. Thank God, but we got to keep the heat up on this. This is Wall Street Journal today, a time bomb for the 2022 elections. The unconstitutional pieces of H.R. 1 could blow up the midterms. What's going on? To sum it up quickly in a quick abstract here, the Democrats want to impose a bunch of draconian federal rules on elections throughout the states. The rules are outrageous. Accepting ballots 10 days after the election. They want to basically destroy elections, banning forms of voter ID. It's a total disaster, this House Resolution 1. What are they doing? Well, here's the first screenshot. First, they're going to have a real constitutional problem with this because the Constitution specifically authorizes and gives the authority of the Congress to set the time and choosing of presidential electors. This is for presidential campaign, presidential elections. But the, quote, manner of the elections for president is for state legislatures. So they say for presidential elections, see you in court, H.R. 1. Basically, if H.R. 1 passes and tries to tell the states how to conduct their presidential elections, uh, that doesn't comport with the Constitution, which says the exact opposite, that the manner of the elections are up to the state legislatures. Now, it's a little more flexibility for elections for U.S. Congress and the United States Senate. The Constitution says Congress may at any time by law make or alter such regulations regarding those elections. But a legal problem here is that H.R. 1's mandates are so detailed they can't help impinging on state elections for governor, attorney general, and so forth, which, ladies and gentlemen, are the purview of the states, not the federal government. The gist of what they're saying here is you've got a problem with presidential elections. 
that this House bill would be unconstitutional because the manner of the state elections for president, remember, it's 50 state elections for president, it's not a national election, are to be determined by state legislatures. Second, even though the House has some flexibility on races for U.S. Congress and U.S. Senate, they still are imposing laws that would go down ballot to local elections and state elections too, which would be a real serious court problem. What are they up to? Why are they doing this? This is the $64 million question. They're doing it to create such chaos before the election in 2022 for midterms by creating this patchwork of local, state, and now a new federal law that they want everyone to just throw up their hands and say, listen, we're just going to do what the federal government says. Sounds kind of totalitarian to me, doesn't it? Which segues not so nicely into my next section, the most important one of the show today. Ladies and gentlemen, this is how it all begins. Creeping totalitarianism. It requires acquiescence. Requires a population to take it. Requires a population to accept it, to not fight back. And it requires typically media propagandists like Pravda and our current mainstream media to advance a bunch of false narratives that get people to forfeit away their individual civil liberties and give them over to a big government. I can't tell you enough, you can't have big individuals and big government at the same time. You can't have free individuals and a big government. It doesn't work that way. It is zero sum. I want to show you these four headlines and four stories and your antenna should go up quickly. If not, I'm sorry, you're blind to what's going on right now. Canada, which used to be a free country, not according to some friends of mine who live there, said Canada has turned uh, a totalitarian almost overnight, contradicting what I told you before, but rather quickly because people are just acquiescing to it. Here's a PJ Media story you'll see in the newsletter today. Remember that Canadian pastor we played the video of a couple weeks ago? Artur Paulowski? Yeah, he was arrested yesterday because he threw a bunch of uh, 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 officials out of his church for trying to stop his people from worshiping. You know, I don't know about Canada, but in the United States, that was kind of a big R God-given right, the right to worship. Not so much anymore in formerly free Canada, which has turned totalitarian. I'm sure I'll be banned from Canada too. The Canadian pastor I told you about a few weeks ago was swarmed and arrested by a SWAT team for the crime, folks, of inciting people to attend church. You may want to read this PJ Media article in my newsletter today. You can see the video. Here's a quick video for those listening on uh, on radio. You can kind of hear in the background what's happening. The Canadian pastor, they had to get him away from his church, of course. God forbid they got him in his church where people might object to arresting a pastor for inciting people to worship. So they waited for him to leave. It's kind of a cowardly thing to do. They pull him over on a highway with a SWAT team, you know, inciting people to worship and all. <laughs> got to get him off the streets. Um, and here's the video of him actually being arrested by the SWAT team on the highway. And uh, we've included this as hat tip Rebel News because he, uh, there's a way to help him at the end. And I wanted you to hear it. So check this out. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Art Poloski. If you're watching this video, that means they have successfully arrested me and I am in jail. If you would like to support me, if you would like to support Rebel News and the legal team that is trying their best to get me out of this trouble, please go to safearthur.com. Please donate. Please help. Help me. Help my family. Help my wife and my children to get me out of this horrible 
illegal situation, please go to savearthur.com and get me out of this if you can. You know, this is the kind of stuff you used to see in really bad, poorly done movies with terrible plots. Like, oh my gosh, you know, no one's going to believe that's actually going to happen in Canada. Arresting a pastor for inciting people to worship? No, it happened. There's a video. You saw it, heard it right there. That's him on the highway. I know it's low in the beginning for our audio listeners only, but that's him on the highway on his knees being arrested. And really unbelievable. Here's headline number two. John Solomon's site, just the news.com. Again, these stories will be in our newsletter today. So the Department of Defense and the DHS is targeting extremists now in their ranks. Well, you know, you say to yourself, if you're a you know, person who's not well informed about how the government weaponizes language to take out their political enemies, you're like, yeah, wouldn't we want that? We don't want extremists in our ranks. Of course, nobody does. Problem is, what are extremists? That's interesting because a couple of people are saying, well, the Department of Defense are targeting extremists in the military and the DHS within the DHS. Who exactly are the extremists? Because when you call someone an extremist, nobody wants extremists around, right? Extremists, that sounds really bad. Who exactly are the extremists? Well, a couple of people have concerns. Are they targeting extremists or is it conservatives? Because that's what totalitarians would do. First, they start arresting people for practicing their religion. And then secondly, what they do is they start wiping out their political opponents for the people who actually have the guns, the military and the DHS. From the just the news piece, this is actually fascinating. People have a whole boatload of questions. Ill-defined extremism probes in national security ranks raise fears of an ideological cleansing. It's an interesting piece in here. A couple of uh, a couple of folks have some concerns about exactly what's going on. Here's Michael Waller, who runs the center. He's vice president of Center for Security Policy. He says, however, there's a lot of confusion within the military ranks because of the ambiguity surrounding what specifically the department leadership may be searching to root for to root out and why. This is really important, folks. There's no command guidance on what is considered extremism. Not even the commanding officers understand what is meant by radical or extremism, said Waller. Folks, this is intentional. This is a feature, not a bug, for the totalitarians running our government right now who want to co-opt their DOD and DHS. Of course, they're going to leave the term extremist ambiguous because if they pin it down to mean something, it won't include typically our conservative friends within the government who may support Donald Trump. So now we have DOD and DHS leaders involved in this disaster. What do we got? Ideological purges going on? Well, what are we in Myanmar right now? We have a junta? What are we doing right now? Before you start kicking people out of the military and DHS as extremists, maybe you should define what extremists are in very specific terms. I've got two more stories. I've also got our zero of the day. Dan, did you say that wrong? You should do a hero of the day. No, I have our zero of the day today. One last sponsor today. I always appreciate your patience. Hey, free email services like Gmail and Yahoo aren't really free. You pay with your privacy. And since those companies have access to every email you send and receive, big tech can sell your data to the highest bidder. They will target you with intrusive ads and put you at risk of phishing attacks. That's why I trust and use Startmail to secure my email. Makes us feel safe here. Startmail keeps my email private, period. Every email is encrypted, even if the recipient doesn't use encryption. It means big tech can't read, scan, analyze, or sell my personal information. Not now, not ever. Not even Big Brother can snoop around your email. With Startmail, Startmail, Startmail deleted means deleted. Deleted, deleted. When you delete an email, it's gone. Like forever, ever. And Startmail uses their own servers, which means they can't be put out of business. Startmail's backed by the most stringent privacy laws in the world. You get unlimited anonymous aliases. 
This protects your main email address from spam and phishing attacks. So when you're giving your email to a company but want to protect your identity, Startmail can generate a shareable alias email so people can't sell your information. What a deal. Can't be deleted at any time. I love it. I use it. You know my fear of big tech. I don't trust big tech. Neither should you. Start securing your email privacy today with Startmail. Sign up today. You'll get 50% off your first year. Go to startmail.com slash Bongino. That's startmail with a T. S-T-A-R-T mail.com slash Bongino. Startmail.com slash Bongino. For 50% off your first year, startmail.com slash Bongino. Check it out today. Screw your email. All right, here are my two final creeping totalitarianism headlines. Remember those Intel officials who wrote that letter right before the election saying, hey, the Hunter Biden laptop with all that weirdo stuff Hunter Biden was doing and the photos with the women. What was that? Was that a UFC match with them? No, no, that was not a UFC match. That's not what they were doing there. Remember that letter? These government intel officials using their government. Remember, we're talking about creeping totalitarianism. What better way to do it than to co-op people who use their official government titles or former titles to give you an imprimatur of seriousness who then signed a letter saying, hey, that Hunter Biden email, yeah, that may be associated with Russian disinformation. Um, the problem is it wasn't. So now Jerry Dunleavy at the Washington Examiner is starting to go back to those folks and say, hey, listen, you guys seem to imply that the Hunter Biden uh, laptop, excuse me, and all the photos on that laptop was some Russian disinformation operation. The implication was there. Um, now that we know the laptop is real and all that other stuff, you guys want to take any of that back? You know what's weird? Read the story. These ex-Incel officials are largely silent over their letter claiming Russian involvement in the Hunter Biden laptop saga. Of course they're silent. Why wouldn't they be silent? Mission accomplished. What did I tell you at the beginning of the show? Creeping government totalitarianism requires propaganda and acquiescence among the population. Propaganda by the media who, who fostered the story, Bertrand and others out there, and implied somehow that there may have been a Russian connection to this Hunter Biden laptop, even though it wasn't true, and then used former government officials that had serious titles, again, to lead people to believe that this is all a Russian propaganda effort, despite the fact that it's not. Dangerous place, folks. We're in a dangerous place. Here's our last story on this topic. The fourth headline. Remember the George Soros story? I got some news coming out about that too. Going to be a whole book coming out about that soon. Ties into my initial announcement in the beginning. Is that government for sale to people like George Soros with big bucks and others? Here's another Washington Examiner story. Came out yesterday, be in the newsletter today. Feinstein's former staffer helped funnel millions to steal in Fusion GPS after 2016. Remember Diane Feinstein's staffer, Dan Jones, who was involved with Fusion GPS, the company to put together the PP dossier? Yeah, well, those guys were involved with George Soros, too, gave at least $1 million to the Democracy Integrity Project. The New York Times reported in 2018. The Daily Caller reported that the left-wing Fund for a Better Future provided $2 million to the Dan Jones Group in 2017, according to tax records. That's a whole lot of money. Millions of dollars to Dan Jones's group. Dan Jones, who used to work for a Democratic senator, who was intimately involved in promoting the Russian collusion hoax. And somehow George Soros's groups had a little nexus there. Is that related to the George Soros story I talked about last week? how George Soros was involved heavily in Ukraine, had some business interests. And it at least appears that groups associated with Soros wanted their business rivals, Soros's business rivals, taken out 
and wanted their own interests protected through Ant AC and the do not prosecute list? Is that is that related at all? There may be a book coming out about that soon. I'm just saying. The author of that book may have been mentioned in the show today, too. That would be really cool if that happened, wouldn't it? Soros buying our government off? What's happening here? Creeping totalitarianism, folks. That's how it starts. I want to address this one story quickly because I know I'm going to get a lot of emails about it today. Um, Washington Post story. Apparently, there's a new book coming out by Carol Lenning about the Secret Service. Washington Post has a story out today. A new book portrays the Secret Service riven by scandal and growing pains. Listen, man, I, I, I know Carol. I've done a lot of appearances with her. I did one on State of the Union back in March of 2015. Here's my problem with these, a lot of these books. I worked in the Secret Service. They are definitely not above and shouldn't be questioning or anything else. They're a government agency. You pay for it. The problem is, and I don't have the book yet, so I haven't read it, so it's tough to comment on it, but I've seen some excerpts of it. They usually overly dramatize scandals within the Secret Service and play down at times the heroism of the people they worked with. I'm just here to tell you, yes, they do have technology issues. The Secret Service can clean it up a little bit, get better technology, constantly work at being the tip of the spear there. But I told the story to Carol Lennig once on State of the Union. And it seems like this is an anti-Secret Service book. We, again, which is fine. I mean, the free press is out there to do their thing. But the Secret Service I worked in was full of really good people. And I remember being in South Korea late at night. And because you're always on a massive time change traveling around the world, I think I was the transportation advance. The lead advance was a guy named Dave. I'll leave his last name out of it. Dave's a supervisor now, but it was three in the morning, South Korea time. And I couldn't sleep. Nobody, it's hard to sleep overseas, especially when you're on a massive time change like that on almost the other side of the earth. So three in the morning, I don't know what the time she was, probably the afternoon in the United States. It takes you a couple of days to acclimate. I was working and I got up and I walked in and there was Dave, three o'clock in the morning, no one else around typing away, fixing up a bunch of site diagrams and stuff. I mean, these are the guys I worked with all the time. They were good people. And, you know, listen, scandals are scandals. Stuff happened in the Secret Service in the past. It was pretty devastating stuff. But there's a lot of real heroes in there too, people who really put their butts on the line. And I just wanted to put that out there before this book comes out. Because Carol also, I think, got a story wrong, really wrong. The story, remember years ago, the story, Secret Service agent drunk late at night ran into a barricade. He actually like tipped over like a cone, like that was it. The story was really a little dramatic. So I'm not really sure how the source is, how accurate a lot of this stuff is. We'll see. When the book comes out, I'll comment on it. All right, our last story of the day, our zero of the day, not our hero of the day. Today is our zero of the day. <laughs> Why does this stuff always happen with lift, with leftists, with liberals? Why? I thought these were the wokeitarians. I thought these were the people who are in it for the little guy. We're protecting the minorities against those awful Republicans who hate them. Why does this stuff always happen with them? So Nancy Pelosi, check this tweet out. She puts out a tweet celebrating Willie Mays' birthday. He's 90 years old, Willie Mays. She calls him a trailblazing, record-breaking baseball player, civil rights leader, and a champion for youth sports and well-being. Willie Mays is a civic legend and a national treasure. Yeah, Willie Mays. 
Giants, Mets at the end of his career. Willie Mays was a great baseball player. I think he hit about uh, 610 home runs, had the catch. Mays was a baseball genius. Problem is, the person Nancy Pelosi's uh, photographed with in the actual tweet is not Willie Mays, folks. Um, It's Willie McCovey, who was also a great baseball player, uh, but who is not Willie Mays? It's not, is that, if, listen, it's not a photo of a guy like they could have screwed up, like Willie Mays and it's spelled with an E-S at the end, or like Willie Mays Hayes from the major league. It's Willie McCovey, like the names aren't right. They don't look alike at all. And Nancy Pelosi has a picture of the wrong guy. Why does this always happen with leftists? Why is that? It's Willie McCovey. It's not Willie Mays, Nance. Next time, maybe do like whatever, one of those search engine image searches so you can determine who uh, who the Willie Mays is versus Willie McCovey. I mean, you are from San Francisco. It's kind of a big deal, though. Nancy Pelosi. She's our zero of the year, and it's still early. Zero of the year. It's already over. Don't even, don't no more entrance needed. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Uh, let me check one more time. Sorry. I got to, I really am dying to tell you this. Is it out yet? Come on, come out. Uh, no, not yet. Darn. I'm sorry. I can't say nothing. I'm really dying to tell you this, but I can't say anything until they let me. It is really cool news. I'll have to tell you. It was not a tease. I'm pr- I promise I'm not trying to drive you nuts. You know, I don't do that. If I have info, I'll give it to you, but I got to be, you know, allowed to say it. So, because other people are involved too. Stay tuned tomorrow. I'll let you know what it, it will definitely be out by tomorrow. Thanks again, folks. Subscribe to my Rumble channel, please. Rumble.com slash Bongino. We're over 1.5 million subscribers. All thanks to you. See you tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.